0: This past Wednesday, right here in this auditorium, this room was full of teenagers, and uh, Kurt ministered and did such a powerful job, and he gave teenagers an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior, and probably 15 to 20 kids raised their hand, and then after they raised their hand, he asked them to stand up, and so they stood up, and then he said, now I'd like for you to get out of your chair and come forward, and you know, it's always easy to raise your hand in a chair, it's not hard. But then when the pastor says, stand up, uh, that's not quite as easy. Then when he says, get out of your chair and come up, uh, it's a little more difficult. Well, they all came up and he prayed a prayer with them. They received Jesus Christ as their savior. Well, they went back to their seats. Then he said, I know that there's many of you in here that you have said yes to Jesus, but you're not necessarily living right. You're not necessarily on the right path and you know it. And I want to give you an opportunity. You want to make a change in your life. You want to get back on the right path. And he said, those of you that want to make that happen, raise your hands. Well, hands went up all over the room. And then he said, now I want you to stand up. Well, they stood up. Then he said, now I want you to come down front. Well, there was probably 75 teenagers that got out of their seats and came down to the front to recommit their lives to Jesus Christ. Now, that's going on in Ground Zero. Down the street at Power Kids, uh, we have 100 kindergarten through fifth graders with leaders down the street at Power Kids. And we're worshiping, we're singing, we're talking about Jesus. And so last Wednesday night at Power Kids in Ground Zero, we're ministering to probably 175 children and teenagers right here in Tulia, Texas. Now, we've been doing it since 1999, almost 25 years. We've been reaching kids and reaching teenagers. And the crowds every week for all those years are generally full every single week. Now, Power Kids can go up and down a little bit. Uh, Ground Zero can do the same thing. But I just want to thank you and I want to encourage you. Folks, we're reaching kids in this community. We're reaching uh, teenagers in this community. And we've been doing it for so long, even myself. You know, you just think, well, hey, isn't that, yeah, that's great, yeah, that's great. No, listen, folks, uh, there's not very many places that's going on, and God's doing some amazing things, and it's all because of you, you're giving your prayers, and so I just wanted to give you a report and to encourage you, and uh, God's still doing His thing, amen? He's still doing His thing. All right, two weeks ago, we talked about faith. We're answering three questions. The question we asked last week is, what is faith? And I answered that question, and I'm going to give you a little bit of review on that because it's been two weeks. Then we're going to answer the question today, how do I get faith? And then coming up, I'm going to talk about why I need faith. The Bible gives a definition of what faith is, and it's in Hebrews 11.1. It's not going to be on the screen because it's not in my notes. And here's what it says. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. What is faith? Faith is simply trusting God. Faith is simply that believing what God says is true, that what God says he'll do, he'll do. That's what faith is, just trusting God, stepping out and trusting God. Now listen, the Bible is a lot of things. It is a lot of things, but one thing it is, is a book of promises. Okay, that's what it is. Now, I've got my Bible in this iPad. I have about 50 Bibles in this iPad. And uh, imagine with me, this is my Bible. Well, within the Bible are promises that belong to you. Now, listen to me. I said this two weeks ago. That's why the devil wants you to stay away from the Word of God. That's why he tells you you can't understand it. That's why he tells you you don't need to waste your time reading it because it is a book filled with promises. Now, here's the thing. The promises you don't know, you don't benefit from. The promises you don't believe, you don't benefit from. You see, I can have a bag full of money up here, but if you don't come up and get some out of it, it doesn't benefit you. The Bible's the very same way. See, when you go into God's word and you find God's promises, and then you decide, I want those promises. The verse in Hebrews 11 says that faith is the assurance that, hey, God's word is true, God's promises are true. Now, I'm going to show you a verse. It's Hebrews 11.1 in the Amplified Version. It's the uh, AMPC, which means the Amplified Classic. And I want you to go all the way to the bottom where the parentheses is and look at what it says. It says, faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Now, what in the world does that mean? It means you get in the book and you find a promise in in God's Word. Now, listen to me. Every need in your life is answered in God's Word. Let me say it again. Every single need in your life is answered answered in the Word of God. It doesn't matter what problem you face. It doesn't matter what mountain you're looking at. It doesn't matter what the doctor has said. It doesn't matter what the banker has said. It doesn't matter what the coach has said. When you need something from God, you go to God's Word, and you find that promise, and you say, hey, that's great, pastor, but I don't see that in my life. That's where faith comes in. The Amplified Bible says that your faith is your title deed. We all know what a title is. A title is proof that I own something. I have a red Chevy pickup, and it's paid for, and I have the title. If Carson and I decided that I was going to sell my pickup, and he wanted to buy it, and we met to exchange the money, then he would say, hey, where's the title? And if I said, well, you know, darn it, I don't have it. You know, I lost it. Well, he wouldn't buy the pickup if he was smart. Right? Why? Because if you don't have the title, you don't own it. Listen, your faith is your title deed. What does that mean? It means that that's the promise of God that belongs to you. It's your proof. are you with me so when you have faith when you understand what faith is hey God said the promises in the book belong to me he said I can have them he said they're yes and amen in Jesus then I'm standing on the promises of God's word I'm releasing my faith I believe God's true to what he says listen God is waiting to be wanted he's waiting to be believed see what's faith faith is believing God Vicki and I are young married I mean young married. We haven't gone to Bible school yet. We're still living in Amarillo, Texas. We go to church with my cousins, okay? Some of you are in here this morning because of your cousins, okay? We went to church with my cousins, and the youth pastor preached. Now, it was on Sunday night, and the reason I know it was on Sunday night, because the youth pastor didn't preach on Sunday, He only preached on Sunday night. So we're in that service. I cannot tell you one thing he said. I cannot tell you what verses he used. I cannot tell you what he preached. But at the end of that service, he stood up just like Kurt did Wednesday night. And he said, is there anybody in here that would like to ask Jesus Christ into their heart? Get up from where you are and come down front. Now, before I could blink, Vicky got up out of her chair. It was a pew, actually. She got up out of the pew, and she walked down front. Now, I really kind of wasn't looking at her. You know, they were praying. So when I kind of raised up and opened my eyes, she was gone. She was gone. And she's walking down the aisle, and she accepted Jesus Christ as her Savior that night. Now, here's the point of why I'm telling you that story. She heard the gospel she heard the good news. Kurt preached the gospel Wednesday night to our teenagers. And he preached the ABCs of the gospel. You have to admit that you're a sinner. You have to believe Jesus died for you. And you have to confess him as Savior. So Vicki heard the gospel. And you know what it did? It sparked faith in her heart. And then she acted on it. You see, she didn't stay in her seat. She chose to believe instead of not believe. Are you with me? Okay, listen, every time you read God's word, you have a choice. You have a choice to believe or not believe. Every time you're in church and I'm preaching, Kurt's preaching, Ashley's preaching, it doesn't matter who's preaching, you have a choice. You have a fork in the road. I'm gonna believe or I'm not gonna believe. Vicky decided that day that she believed what she heard. She got up out of that pew. She put one foot in front of the other. She walked down front. She accepted Christ as her Savior. She was transferred from darkness to light instantly, and our lives have never been the same. Listen to me very carefully. If she had not done that, I do not know where I would be today. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, if we'd have walked out of there and she'd have said, well, man, that was the weirdest thing I've ever been a part of. I mean, can you believe what a bunch of crazy people they were? Man, I don't want nothing to do with that. Hey, why don't we go down to the beer joint and have a beer? Listen to me. If she'd have said no instead of yes, I don't know where I would be because I would have followed her wherever she wanted to go. If she had wanted to go into darkness, I would have followed her into darkness. But instead, she chose to follow the light. It changed her life. It changed my life. It changed my children's lives. It's changed my grandchildren's lives. All because she acted on her faith. Now, let me tell you this morning how to get faith. I'm going to read to you in Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Listen, you cannot be a strong, growing Christian apart from the Bible. You cannot. You cannot. If the Bible's not a part of your life, but you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you're weak and anemic, and you're not growing because you've got to have God's Word to grow as a Christian. When you hear God's Word, it gives you faith. Now, don't miss this. There's only one way to get biblical faith. Only one way, and it's by hearing God's Word. Now, listen, your eyes don't give you faith. Don't miss this. Your eyes don't give you faith, your ears do. You see, you can see a miracle and still not believe. Okay, somebody says, Man, down to funeral home, man, Steve Palm prayed for somebody that was dead and they didn't embalm them, they raised them from the dead and they're alive. Well, a lot of people would say, Yeah, whatever, even if they saw it. Are you with me? Your eyes don't give you faith, your ears do. Listen to me, faith is not a feeling, faith is not an emotion, faith is in your heart. How do you get faith? You get faith by hearing God's Word. I heard a man say at a meeting not very long ago, he asked God for faith and God gave him trials. That statement is not true. Listen to me very carefully. You don't get faith by praying. You don't get faith by asking. Listen, you don't ever have to ask God for faith. Because if you do, you know what he's going to say? Go to the book. I've shown you how to get faith. You get it by hearing God's word. You don't pray for faith. You don't ask for faith. You don't wish for faith. You don't hope for faith. That's not how faith comes. Faith simply comes by hearing God's word. Vicki heard the faith of the gospel. She acted on it, and it changed her life, and the very same thing happens to you and happens to me. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. Then this guy said, well, I asked God for faith, and he gave me trials. Now, I don't have time to get into that this morning, but listen to me very carefully. Trials do not give you faith trials do not give you faith. Trials do a lot of different things, but they do not give you faith. The only thing that gives you faith is the Word of God. Are you with me? Okay. What's faith? Well, faith, faith is hearing God's word. Now, how do you need to hear it? Well, you can hear it in a church with preaching. You can hear it on the radio, in a Christian radio. You can hear it when you listen to teaching in your vehicle. It doesn't matter how you hear it. You can hear it at home reading it. But when you hear God's word, it sparks faith in your heart. And you're able to believe and trust in the promises of God. People believe all kinds of goofy things about faith. The Bible very plainly, very simply says that you get faith by hearing God's word. Now listen to me. If you want faith, all you got to do is read your Bible. If you want to grow your faith, all you have to do is read your Bible. Okay? You feed your faith and you starve your doubts. You want to feed your doubts, turn on the news for five minutes. You want to feed your doubts, scroll through internet. and Look at all the crazy stuff going on. That'll feed your doubts. You want to feed your faith, get into God's Word. I'm going to read you another verse this morning. I'm going to read to you 1 Timothy 6.11. If I can get my iPad to behave. 1 Timothy 6.11, listen to what this says. It says, but you, O man of God, flee these things. He's talking about sin, to flee sin. And pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called. And have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now, there's a lot in that verse that I don't have time to talk about this morning. But I want you to notice something. He says that you and I are supposed to pursue something. Okay, now, Vicki and I last week, Last weekend, we went to Weatherford, Texas. Logan, Rob, Lonnie, who's in the sound booth, his son got married, and and I had the honor of doing the wedding ceremony. And so we were going to Weatherford, Texas. And as we're going there, uh, we're cruising along outside of a little town, uh, and I can't remember the name of it. And as we're cruising through, I'm not paying attention or watching my speed. And I look in my rearview mirror, and there's some red and blue lights behind me. Okay, and so I I pull over on the side of the road and this young man gets out and he's a game warden okay, and I've never been stopped by a game warden before, but he's a game warden, and so he comes up to the vehicle, and he says he identified himself, and he said, hey, I stopped you because you were speeding. You were doing 60 and a 70, and so we talked, and we visited, and and he told me what I was doing wrong, and thankfully, I did not get a ticket. He gave me a warning, okay, but here's what I want you to see. I looked in the rearview mirror, and he was pursuing me, Okay, he was pursuing me. Now, when I looked in the mirror and I saw him, if I'd have pushed on the gas pedal and increased my speed to 80, he would have increased his speed to 80. Would you not agree? If I'd increased it to 90, he would have increased his to 90. If I'd have really hammered down and drove that truck as fast as it'd go, and I was doing 100 miles an hour, he would have been behind me doing 100 miles an hour. Then he would have got on the radio, and he would have started talking to some other folks, and pretty soon there'd be some other people after me, and they would be pursuing me, and I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> now, I wouldn't be dead, probably, but I wouldn't have done the wedding, probably, and I'd probably be in jail, right? Right? All right. He was pursuing me. Here's what I want you to see. God is asking you to pursue him. Okay. Pursuit is not just kind of walking. Pursuit's not kind of casual and, you know, just kind of taking a stroll. No, that's not what pursuit is. Okay. When Vicki and I were dating, I pursued her. Okay, The policeman was pursuing me. God wants you to pursue him. Listen to what he wants you to pursue. One of the words I'm gonna pull out is what we're talking about. He says, I want you to pursue faith. I want you to pursue faith. Okay, pastor, how do I pursue faith? Simply by reading God's word. Every time you read God's word, every time you come into the house of God, every time you come to church, you're pursuing the living God. He says, I want you to pursue faith, and then I want you to fight the good fight of faith. You know what a good fight is? One you win. Amen. Yeah, you've been in a fight before. I've been in a few, not very many. I was mostly young when I had fights. I mean, I we'd have fights at school occasionally, and uh, if you won that fight, it was a good fight. If you got beat up in that fight, it was a bad fight. Okay, you know, what, you know what he says in this verse right here? I want you to fight the good fight of faith. What does that mean? That means I'm gonna resist the devil. I'm gonna resist darkness. I'm gonna feed on God's word. I'm going to grow my faith. I'm going to starve my doubts. I'm going to take God at his word, and I'm going to believe his promises. And when I have a problem in my life, I'm gonna go to God's word and I'm gonna find an answer to that problem and I'm gonna stand on that promise and I'm gonna trust God. That's what faith is. How do you get faith? You get faith by hearing God's word. You don't have to pray for it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to wish for it. You don't have to hope for it. Trials do not give faith. God's word gives faith. Faith is your title deed. It's your proof of ownership. Listen, when the devil shows up and he wants to disqualify you and he wants to say, you can't have that. That promise is not for you. That promise is for a good person. That promise is for somebody that behaves. That promise is for somebody that's doing everything right. Then you just hold up your faith and say, no, 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 here's my proof. No, that promise belongs to me. The promises in the book belong to me. How do you know that? Because you have faith. How'd you get faith? By hearing God's word. Vicki heard God's word that evening in that church. It sparked faith in her heart. And she said yes to Jesus Christ. And she changed our entire family. Changed our, Now I was already a Christian. I already knew Jesus as my Savior. I'm not saying I didn't. I did. I got saved when I was 12 years old. Now, up to that point, I wasn't living for God. But I knew Christ as my Savior. But when my wife said she wanted Jesus, then it made me want Jesus. Are you with me? How did she get there? She got there by asking Christ into her life by using her faith. Can I encourage you this morning? Can I make it as simple as possible? Man, take some time to read your Bible. We talk about it all the time. You don't have to read it all day, but you ought to read it every day. Take a few minutes and read the Scripture and feed Your faith, grow your faith, learn the promises of God, begin to step out on the promises of God and dare to trust God. Faith is the key that unlocks the vault of heaven. What's in the vault of heaven? The promises of God. How do I get those promises? By trusting God and believing Him. Amen. Amen. Y'all stand up. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. Lord, I'm thankful. That you've given to each one of us a measure of faith. That we don't start out with our own faith. We start out with your faith. Father, I want to pray for every person in this service. That they would simply begin to be drawn to your word. They'd begin to take time to read the Bible. They'd begin to believe it. They'd begin to trust you. And their faith would begin to grow. Lord, faith is not an accident. It's not something we have to ask you for or beg you for or you only give to a few people. It's available to every one of us simply because we go to God's Word and read the promises. Father, thank you. Lord, I want you to strengthen everybody in this service. I want you to refresh them, to encourage them, to minister to them in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, as we leave this place, our hearts would be drawn to you. In fact, Father, if I could just have one thing today, it'd be that everybody in this room would be hungry for you. We'd be hungry for you. We'd have an appetite for your word, an appetite for your presence, an appetite to know you. Father, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Hey, I love you. Thank you for being here. Y'all go and be blessed and have a great rest of your day.